We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you with us. IB Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling once again with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. March Madness is here. The first full day of the men's tournament. Jess, how's your bracket going so far? Uh, I think I've only missed two, but one was Furman. And I had Charleston uh, winning, actually. So I actually had Charleston go to the Sweet 16, so I'm a little bit bummed about that one. Yeah, I picked Charleston as well. Um, I almost, I, I looked long and hard. I was like, Furman, can I take Furman over Virginia? I didn't pull the trigger. And then I'm watching that game. I'm like, I think I took him. Did I take him? I went back and looked, didn't take him. But the number four seed, Virginia Cavaliers, fall to the number 13 seed, Furman. They're in the tournament for the first time in 40 years with, uh, with that. And this is the five-year anniversary of number one seed, Virginia, falling to number 16 seed, <laughs> UMBC, in the first round. First and only time a number one seed has fallen. Today was the anniversary, and they weren't a number one seed, but they go down as a four seed to a 13 seed today. Yeah, I made the joke at work today that uh, I'm no longer picking Virginia in the first round. <laughs> That might be the way to go. They've had some uh, misfortune over the years. And well, they just play a style that's just so slow, and so teams, yeah. any team can stay in it, essentially. And, like, that's Truman true. has a lot of offensive power, and so it just takes a run, and that's what just makes them so miserable to watch. And I think the, the part that shocks me the most was, you know, that, that, that guard for Virginia, I'm pretty sure he's a senior, and he just chucked up the ball, and they had yeah. a timeout left. It's just like – if you're going to play the way Virginia plays, that's like the number one list of things you can't do is, you know, the stupid things like that. And it's it's it was just really mind blowing to see because of, like I said, they're a disciplined team and that guy's a senior. So it's just very interesting. The stupid things are on the list of things not to do. <laughs> that's for sure. I saw one. Oh, my bracket is shot guy on social media today. And look. Unless you had Virginia winning the national championship, your bracket is not shot. They've played, you know, they've they, they've played what at this point? All of six hours of basketball, your bracket's not shot yet. So I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, let me ask you this. 
have the brackets has like filling out a bracket has it lost its luster at all over the last couple of years with all the legalized you know sports wagering and all that stuff that you can do now I don't think so because I'm actually running I, I'm leading a bracket challenge at our office and I got like 14 people to do it so I don't think it was too and it, okay. there wasn't a lot of pressuring either and there was no it was all free and the winner just gets a free lunch you know by the paid for by the company at the end of at the end of the whole tournament so nice I I guess what I would say is is I used to be one of the people who would like fill it out immediately, you know, get the bracket as soon as I could. But I'm actually like last second now. I like to see how, you know, things go. I like to see people talk about it. I like to see, like, I, I didn't fill out my bracket until like 11, like 1030 this morning. And obviously game started at noon. So <laughs> I guess I'm just more of like a wait and see now. I'm not, I'm not so anxious and excited about when it gets released uh, as I used to be. Yeah, I guess if you're in an office, it's a little bit different, you know, with with a lot of coworkers and stuff like that. You know, there's like six of us here <laughs> at Irish Breakdown. And so it's it's a little bit different. Vince and I were talking last week, like, should we put up some kind of bracket challenge or something like that? We never did it, but maybe if there's interest, we'll do it next year or something. It it could be fun. There hasn't been a whole lot of bracket, you know, chatter in the chat or anything like that. I'll tell you what, hit the like button if you would. We appreciate it. Help out Irish Breakdown. Subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe to us on uh, your favorite podcast platform. It does help us out. Neil Ivey announced this morning the uh, the news that I think maybe some people, you know, kind of had an idea was coming, even if it wasn't official. Olivia Miles is going to miss the NCAA tournament. Starts tomorrow for the Irish women at Purcell Pavilion. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. We've got some spring football talk first, though, that we're going to get into. And we started it with the uh, the offense earlier this week. We did some breakout predictions, and not just predictions. We did a draft. And just to remind you, here's we, we each picked five players for potential breakout guys this spring. Jesse has Rocco Spindler, Dion Colsey, Jaden Greathouse, Eli Raritan, Billy Shrouth. I have Tobias Merriweather, Jadarian Price, Andrew Christoffic, Braylon James, Mitchell Evans. I'll just say, you got the first pick, and <laughs> I ended up with the two guys who I would have, like, I was debating between for the first pick, so I'm pretty happy with my picks. We'll see. Could still, you know, Rocco could end up still on the show. We'll see. But I'm really happy with my offensive picks. I don't know about you, Jess, but looking at the list, like potential breakout type guys for the defense, I think this draft is going to be a little bit tougher than the offense. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be tougher. Um, but I think that there's more excitement on the defensive side of the ball, at least in my opinion. I like that. I like that. Um. <laughs> Tommy Gunn says he's still disappointed in Steyer's squared crew that we didn't that neither of us picked Hartman. How are you gonna pick Hartman when the guy's thrown over a hundred career touchdown passes? <laughs> Just because he hasn't broken out at Notre Dame, that guy is broken out every which way. So I just I'm not seeing it. I'm sorry. That's 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 just low hanging fruit. We I think we had to go with the potential of these are the, I feel like we did more of like boomer bust guys, you know what I mean? Like guys who are on that fringe of boomer bust. Obviously yeah. everyone knows Hartman's going to start and he's going to be a boom, 
So there's to me that there's 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 you just can't take him in that situation. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't take Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm going to give you the first pick again. So oh, you've wow. got first crack at it. I'm going to let you go at it. There's uh, a lot of different guys on this list. There's some, you know, intriguing options out there, but we're going to draft our, our breakout teams for the defense. And again, I've got them for the offense and we'll have them for the defense. And then at the end of the spring, we'll see uh, who won. And I saw a suggestion the other day that the loser has to give up Dallas Cowboys fandom. <laughs> Gladly. But after this offseason, I don't know. You know, they've they've actually looked competent a little bit so far. You know, cutting the dead weight with Zeke, picking up another solid corner. I mean, with their corners and defensive line, it's it's gonna be tough, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it, even that's the thing, is they already have a pretty solid defensive line. If they can grab, you know, some sort of defensive tackle, get some pressure on the quarterback. I mean, that's only better for your secondary that's already going to be solid. Let me ask you this. Should Javante, I didn't put him on the list, but like Tommy obviously thinks that Sam Hartman should qualify. Should Javante John Baptiste, Baptiste, the defensive end transfer from Ohio State who played, but he was kind of a role guy at Ohio State, a rotational guy, should he be eligible for this breakout draft tonight? 
Is he eligible for to be a breakout player? I think he is because of what you said. Okay. He's, he hasn't been – he wasn't like an, a, a Foskey, you know what I mean? He wasn't like the guy, the starter. And technically, I mean, he's still fighting for, you know, whatever his snap count is going to be here right. at Notre Dame. And I think there's a potential that if he has a good, you know, spring and fall uh, camp, that he could be the number one guy and, and turn into someone like Fossey. Like this could be okay. his breakout year as an every down kind of starter. I can see that. I can see that. All right. So who you got then? Who are you going to go with? Number one pick, breakout <laughs> player. What's your pick, Jesse? So I, I I learned that. So on the offensive side, I got caught up with who I think kind of like was the biggest kind of risk reward guy. And I don't think that you would have taken him maybe at all or even not even until like the third or fourth pick. So there's a guy I'm really high on, but I don't think you're going to be high on. So I'm going to change my strategy this round. I'm, I'm just going to start going. Hold on, hold the- on. Before, before you say anything, because Anthony Solomon is saying Watts, are we making Watts a breakout candidate? You know, because again, he's like, he came on as the season progressed like last year. Is he full-fledged? You know, wrote is he full fledged right now, or is he still eligible for breakout player? See, that's another tough one, and I know that on the list you were talking about. Um, you know, is he? Are we going to accept him or not? But I mean, he still had you know thirty nine tackles, a sack, no interceptions. But you know, I I think that he's. I don't know. I I think no. I I think that Xavier Watts already kind of broke through. It's just a matter of is he going to be like that every down snap or is he going to be within like a rotation in the secondary? Yeah, I, th- I mean, he's the most sure guy, it seems like. I mean, he definitely was not established at the start of the year, but by the end of the year, because there was no Brandon Joseph, we saw a lot more of him. I feel like he's broken out already. To Same. Extent, you know, like he's not waiting to be kind of, you know, discovered kind of thing. All right, so we'll so leave no Watts, Watts off the list. Watts is off the list. Javante Jean-Baptiste is on the list. So now your number one pick in the defensive breakout draft is who? This was easy. I'll be short to the point. I have a lot of affinity for this position. It's what I played. He's <laughs> the best of this group. Uh, has the most potential. Um, has the most athleticism. Um, and just reminds me a lot of Jalen Smith and what he can become. So I'm going to go with Jalen Sneed as my first overall pick. All right. I was wondering if you would go there or not. So you were going Jalen Sneed right off the top. And see, that puts me in a little <laughs> bit of a predicament. Now. See, now you're in a bind because if you uh-huh. want to match, you got to take the uh-huh. other really solid guy out of that group. Which way am I going to go with this? I tell you what. I'm going to go with what I think is a safe pick, a guy who has shown flashes, but I don't think has fully broken out yet, and that's Jordan Botello, the defensive end. Ooh, okay. Because, so, um, you know, again, like, could you make a case that the Gator Bowl was a little bit of his breakout? Sure, but there were 12 games before that where he was completely <laughs> a role player, and two more seasons before that where he was completely a role player and we kept waiting on him and we kept waiting on him and it never happened. So we saw a flash of it somewhat similar to Lorenzo styles, like just because 
Just because Jordan Botello had a nice Gator Bowl doesn't automatically mean that it's going to run into this season. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for Lorenzo Styles last year. So I'm going with Jordan Botello. Ton of talent. You know, everybody raves about this guy, but we haven't seen him put it all together consistently yet. And the opportunity is now completely there for Jordan Badello to seize that Viper defensive end spot and make it his. So I'm going with him. Okay. So that leads us to number pick number two. Your second pick. I am going to roll with another or not another. I'm going to go with the safety. Um, I think it's a big position this year with the, uh, you know, with the departure of uh, Brandon Joseph. And then, you know, Notre Dame's been stacked at safety. If you look at kind of the, you know, you had, um, oh, what was his name? Before um, Kyle Hamilton, the Hawaiian guy that got drafted. I don't know why I can't think of his name. Alohi Gilman? Yeah, Alohi Gilman. So you had Gilman, and then you had Hamilton, and then you had Brandon Joseph. Right. So I'm going to go with my man Ramon Henderson with okay. the second overall pick. I like that pick. He's a guy, you know, again, who we've seen little bits and pieces from, and he's going to have a heck of a lot more opportunity at a lot more reps now this spring. So I like that. Someone's going to have to stick back there. Like it, 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 you would think going in that Xavier Watts and Ramon Henderson are, are the two guys and DJ Brown, you know, kind of bouncing around reserve behind him. But again, you know, like we talked about earlier this week, got to find, uh, got to find someone else who can step up, you know, especially if you think you're going to make it through an entire season with, uh, with just two guys, you're going to need someone else back there. But I think Ramon Henderson has got a, a really good chance to, to step up and make a name for himself. Well, I just don't know how I'm already losing this. I freaking <laughs> Jalen Sneed. How is that losing? After one pick, I picked like probably the best overall athlete on defense. <laughs> Anthony said Jesse's been running algorithms today to assist him in identifying his picks. That could be true. Mr. Math over here. With uh, I've with... been focused on college basketball, being honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time looking at it as well. Well, if you're going – with Ramona Henderson, and I've got Jordan Batella, you've already got Jalen Sneed. I'm gonna go with Prince Collie. As uh, uh, that's who I thought you were to go with first, if we're being honest. I did consider it, but I felt like Jordan Batello was, you know, like the high end, you know, like high ceiling type guy who again like flashes, but hasn't completely broken out. Same with Prince Collie. There's a lot of talent there. We know it. This and and this is an opportunity for both Prince Kali and Jalen Sneed this spring. And maybe you can speak to that a little bit. You know, is is again someone who's who's played linebacker and been through spring practice and all that kind of stuff. The the opportunity they have in a spring setting to potentially make a name for themselves before you know they get into the summer. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the biggest uh, spring for these guys. I think these guys up about the you know the opportunity uh now that they've been here they've gotten you know accustomed to the system because you know i i think it was fairly obvious that the, the number one thing that was holding them back and not what a lot of people don't realize is 
you know, in order for you to one be trusted out there on the field, you got to line up right first, right? You got to set the, the the strength of the defense right. You got to make the calls, and that's that's all happening. You know, boom, boom, boom in live time very quickly. And you saw it during the Gator Bowl when Prince Kali came off the field and Marcus Freeman wasn't getting mad at him, but it was obvious that it was a teaching moment, right? And he's letting him know because there was, I'm pretty sure there was a turnover on the play. So they got fortunate that, you know, he got bailed out on that play. But as a linebacker specifically, you have to be able to align your defense and in a defense, you know, like Notre Dame's one guy, one, one guy being off is going to blow the entire assignment. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that those guys have a great opportunity this spring, both of them. And I think they're both going to get a lot of playing time. And it shows a lot that they were that they were trusted, you know, on special teams last year. Yeah. Okay, so we've each got two. Who's your third pick going to be, Jess? Um, my third pick overall, and the reason why I like this pick is because he's going to be moving – down to the defensive line from my understanding. And I think he can have a big impact as being a guy who's maybe a little tiny bit oversized for linebacker, but is going to be a little undersized for defensive line. But I'm going to go with Junior T as my third <laughs> overall pick. Tui Alamaka? <laughs> yes. All right. It's unfortunate that it was just brought up in the chat because it looks like I'm just following the chat, but that was my overall intent. This is the guy that I was – he was kind of like my Rocco Spindler on the defensive side. I thought he was the guy I think has the biggest boomer bust chance, you know, overall. I think he's really great and get a lot of time on the defensive line. He's going to be a rotational guy with, you know, just be a depth piece on the defensive line. Yeah, he's someone that I was kind of looking at as well for my next pick, and he's really intriguing since, like you said, maybe especially for the linebacker position, like he's he's started to fill out so much. And I, I know Vince likes him as a classic Mike linebacker, but I just think with the, the kind of athleticism that they're bringing in, you know, w with the linebackers in these last couple of classes, and they're going to continue – to bring in i think that a guy like junior tui alamaka makes more sense up front so I'll, I'll be curious to see what that looks like he started to get a little bit of reps uh, at at defensive end it sounded like in in pre-gator bowl practices so i'm i'm really anxious to see what that looks like for him now moving up close to the line you know on the line of scrimmage and and being that guy now again you know like i said this uh <sighs> Big information in the chat. Arizona just lost to Princeton. Wow. Holy cow. 2 to 15. I think I'm that's <laughs> I'm stunned. I know. <laughs> Not to interrupt, but that's just kind of crazy. <laughs> and I actually, of course, I, I think I had Arizona, you know, going a distance in my bracket. <laughs> I'm sure course. a lot of people did. But yeah, I mean they were a two seed. But you, that's why you can't trust the Pac-12, I guess. I'm going to go with the guy that we were talking about up front. I'm just going to go with Javante John-Baptiste. Nice. And, it, you know, um, this could be kind of a, a battle between him and, and Tui Alamaka in terms of what happens this spring. Or, you know, like which defensive, you know, which side Tui Alamaka ends up on. You know, he could be at that big defensive end could be more a viper they talked about him pre-gator bowl as as like he and Batello over on the viper side but 
you know, so I definitely expect John Baptiste to be over on uh, on that big defensive inside. So I will go with him. And we've each got a defensive end now. I've got, I guess I've got two defensive ends because I've got Matello as well. But again, like this is a guy at Ohio State who, you know, he was he was there and he was a rotational player, but he has yet to really, I think, live up to his full potential. And that's a big part of why he decided to come here to Notre Dame because they were in need of some help up front. And he thinks he can get to him. And of course, the relationship with Al Washington. So I'm going to go with uh, John Baptiste. Nice. Okay. So now we are on to selection four. I have a linebacker, a safety, and a defensive lineman. I'm going to round mine out with a young corner who I think is also going to step up this season. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Jaden Mickey as my fourth overall pick. All right. And Mickey is an interesting one because he was basically a spring breakout player last year. He was the guy everyone was talking about by the end of spring last year, but it never translated into, you know, once the season started, Benjamin Morrison took that over and Jade Mickey never fully lived up to, you know, what happened in the spring. And, you know, let's be honest, that's happened before where we've seen plenty of guys be spring stars and then it doesn't pan out in the season. But I think that Mickey has got an opportunity, you know, like losing Tariq Bracey, Thomas Harper potentially could get that spot. But again, there's, there's some depth issues at the back end. So maybe Thomas Harper gets more looks at, at safety and that gives Jaden Mickey an opportunity in that nickel position. So I like that pick. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm already. I'm already contemplating my next. Oh, you're pick. already moving on to your next pick. This is like <laughs> fantasy football. You've just tuned everything out, and you're going on. You're going on to the next one now. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm. I'm sitting here and I'm reviewing my list and where I want to go. I've got two picks left in mine, and I think you know where I'm going to go. Uh, it, it ain't sexy, but I've already got a couple defensive linemen. I'm going to go interior defensive line. Ah, this sucks. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's where I'm looking at right now. And I'm going to go with one Gabe Rubio. That's uh, was that was that did I did I just snake you? He was cute in the draft. <laughs> Good, <laughs> but again, you know you lose those guys up front. Big opportunity for Rubio. He got to play a little bit last year. Uh, you know, he played, I guess, more than just a little bit. I mean, he did play, it, it, you know, at least in parts of 12 of the 13 games. He had 17 tackles, but now he's got a chance to to really move himself, you know, up to the front and be the guy up front. Really good young guy on, on the interior. So Rubio is my number four pick in this here draft. I'm definitely looking at interior alignment. I, I just I can't figure out who I want to go with at this point. Um, you know, there's a lot of good good players out. Not good. Or sorry, yeah, a lot of good players um, out there. To me, it kind of comes down to you know it. Who's going to be the young guy to step up? Because I feel like the defensive line overall kind of has the most question marks and mm -hmm. the most opportunity. Uh, for breakout, and I only have one defensive lineman right now, so I'm going to roll the dice and go with the young buck, Josh Burnham. As All right, 
my last overall pick. I think this is probably the biggest wild card of the draft, and I think it can potentially win me the defensive side if he can come through. Yeah, I, I you know, if you hadn't taken him, that's what I would have done. I would have gone with Burnham as well, and it's it's a good pick here where we where we sit here, and I've got one more pick to make. So I'm looking at the linebackers, and I'm just going to go for the heck of it with Drake Bowen. Why not? See, that was going to be my other one because, like, he's just got, like, the swagger about him. He's got the yeah. athleticism about him. He's got, you know, he's definitely probably going to be playing on special teams. The only thing that I was concerned about is he's got Snead and Kali in front of him, you know, and a decent amount of other, you know, returning linebackers as well. So I just think at, at maybe next year I would feel more comfortable with that after, you know, losing some of these upper class or upperclassmen linebackers. Um, but, yeah, that's a solid pick. And, and I don't think you can go wrong just because of his overall – like athleticism, he's going to find the field somehow. Shytown <laughs> says somehow there's still 750,000 people with perfect brackets. It's like <laughs> there's there, there's always 750,000 people who don't watch basketball and, and picked it exactly right once Thursday rolls around and March Madness starts. So again, here's what it looks like tonight's defensive breakout draft. Jesse has Jalen Sneed, Ramona Henderson, <laughs> Junior Tui Alamaka, Jaden Mickey, and Josh Burnham. And I've got Jordan Botello, Prince Kali, Javante John Baptiste, Gabriel Rubio, and Drake Bowen. And Alex Ehrensberger is a guy I've thought about, but same. I couldn't pull it. it. Was, He's been here for too long, I think. I think his window yeah. has passed him. And that's that I was deliberating a lot on him for that reason. Way too quiet a season for him last year for me to to put him in there. Like you know, like if we were going maybe one more pick in this draft, I would have tacked him on at the end. But just if he does break out this spring, you know, good for him, and I think that that would be good for the defensive line as well. But I'm just as of right now, there's there's like nothing trending in that direction, and he was he was trending in the in the right direction, you know one defensive line coach removed but he is not right now so take that for what it's worth i thought that there was a very funny uh comment in the chat who picked maris he's due to break out <laughs> that was a good one that was a good troll drop yeah no kidding should have known there'd be somebody tonight <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Well, the other big news, I guess the big news of the day in Notre Dame land is Olivia Miles. She's going to miss the uh, the entirety of Notre Dame's NCAA tournament, which of course means the rest of the season. They made it official today. Her season is over due to a knee injury. Neil Ivey made the announcement at her pre-tournament press conference this morning. Here's what she had to say. And by addressing the news this morning on Olivia Miles that she were missed the remaining of this the remainder of the season. Um, as we said in our statement, she's been working with our doctors and trainers over the last couple of weeks. Um, and while it's devastating not to have her, um, she's progressing rehab every day. Um, she's going to be an active cheerleader like they're leading from a different capacity. Um, she's we've determined that she's going to have her surgery late next week. Um, the current timetable for her return is that we hope that she'll be back for the summer. Um, in order to participate for the workouts. And, um, you know, my focus now is on this team, excited for this opportunity to play here back in um, South Bend, um, a team that has overcome a lot of adversity um, and, and super excited that we brought this, uh, the regular season ACC title back to South Bend. Um, looking forward to trying to make a deep run in the tournament. So there's Neil Ivey making the announcement about Olivia Miles. And I don't know about you, Jesse, like she said she hopes that She'll be ready to go for the summer. And, it's like three months removed. Yeah. And, you know, we can't, well, we can't say what it is, and you'll hear why here in just a second. But the summer seems like a very aggressive timeline to me. Yeah. And for it, someone who's going to have knee surgery, any knee surgery that I've heard of it is like at least six months. So we're talking, you know, we're middle of March. That's like middle of September. Um, at the earliest. So I, I think that the more, I guess not appropriate because I'm not Neil Ivy and, you know, I don't know the extent of what's going on. Right. But I, I think the more reasonable thing is just optimistic that she can be back game one next season. Yeah. Hopefully. And even then, you know, like you've got Hannah Hidalgo coming in and she's one of three finalists for national high school Gatorade player of the year and she, you know, she's lightning fast, lightning quick and everything else. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll see, but I was, I was taken aback a little bit when, when Neil said, yeah, we look, we're, we're hoping to have her back this summer for summer workouts. It's like, wow, that's, <laughs> it's very fast. That's quick. But in the, in the meantime, you know, you did, you heard her. She did not specify what the injury was. And that question of course came up. It's undisclosed um, for her privacy. It's just a knee injury. Um, and again, we, we have determined the date of surgery. So excited for her to um, have that surgery and, and get on the road to recovery. Undisclosed. And, you know, Olivia on her Instagram basically said that she doesn't want she doesn't want it disclosed. Do you have a problem with that? Not disclosing what this actual injury is. I don't. I, I think that the people who need to know are, are, are going to be well aware. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if I guess the, the thing that I most question or it would bring the most scrutiny to is just overall, like, why? What's the biggest benefit or pro or advantage out of, you know, not saying what it is overall? I don't know if it's, you know, if it has to do. The only thing I can think of is like the potential to, you know, WNBA down the road and it's again I, I don't think that that would 
you know, fall or like hinder that whole process. So, you know, maybe it's just a personal preference. Maybe it's just something that she wants to deal with, you know, with, with the team and the training staff um, and everything else. But I, I, again, I just don't, I, I don't care at all, but I guess I would just want to know the overall, like what's the biggest benefit or what's the leading decision on that. Yeah. And she personally does not want it made public. And there's a reason they have the HIPAA laws, right? Like that protects, protects whoever that, you know, the person who is injured from having their information shared. And if they don't want it shared, then they don't have to share it, you know, regardless of how, you know, obviously everyone in the media wants to know fans want to know what exactly it is. Personally, I happen to know what it is, but I'm not allowed to say anything. So it's just, let's just say, you know, again, I'm, I'm surprised at that timeline that Neil Ivy drew out, but you know, again, you've got a really good point guard coming in next year. You hope that Olivia miles recovers and recuperates as quickly as possible. They are going to have, or she is going to have surgery on it next week. They've already determined that. So, you know, they're, they're going to be moving forward with that. Now, finally, this is something that Neil Ivy went through herself and um, I'll let her kind of talk about that going through this herself conversations with her um i always feel like everything happens for a reason um it's, it's in god's hands and plan um and again if i hadn't tore my acl twice or if i hadn't got a knee injury twice i would have um not had the opportunity to come back and um play in my home stage um, in st louis and to, to have the opportunity for a redshirt year so you never know what happens um the reason for it um i've talked to her about you know her comeback being a lot stronger than the setback um, to stay positive, and we have an incredible performance team. Um, I know that they're going to get her back, and again, a lot of it is um, you get a chance to see the game from a different perspective. I know that it's going to help her mature um, and help her be a leader from the side. So there you go. You know, you you never know what this means down the line. It it stinks for this year, you know, and and we'll we'll talk about this more in rapid fire. But again, Neil Ivy went through it. She tore her ACL as a freshman when Notre Dame went to the final four for the first time ever in 1997. And if that hadn't happened, she would not have been on the team in 2001 when they went to their next final four. And of course, won the program's first national championship, you know, so that's kind of what she's talking about, how she thinks that, you know, believes that things happen for a reason and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just overall a very unfortunate situation because, Again, this is this is one of the top players, you know, in the ACC in the country. As you know, obviously on Notre Dame's roster, um, and and I'm not saying that Notre Dame it has any less chance of making it, you know, further in the tournament. I just felt more confident in, in what they could do with someone like Olivia Miles. I still Absolutely. think they have a great potential um, to to do a lot of things in the tournament, but I would have felt even better. I, I think I would I would make the claim that I you know I was confident that they were a Final Four team with Olivia Miles in there and someone who could contend with you know the South Carolinas um, of the women's basketball game. So <clears throat> really just sucks to see you know you can't replace someone who's dropping fourteen seven and seven um, a night. You know it, it's not only is she getting involved um, with her own personal game, but she's getting everyone else you know involved too with the assists grabbing rebounds and pushing the ball in transition, 
Um, and it's just, it, it, it's going to be a different tempo in the way that, you know, they're going to have to play. Um, and hopefully that that's, you know, being, having this time off and getting to play those games in the ACC tournament could have gave them some trial runs of, you know, how they, how their formula is going to go now without Olivia Miles. Only player in the nation averaging over 14 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and two steals per game. And uh, again, unfortunately, they will not have her for the NCAA tournament. And uh, all the best to Olivia Miles. Tournament does start tomorrow, though, and uh, it tips off a little after 3.30 at Purcell Pavilion, Notre Dame, and Southern Utah. Champions of the ACC versus the champions of the WAC. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com